We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Cody here, and guys, with the Combine happening later this week, with the Colts now pretty much filling out their coaching staff with bringing back Gus Bradley and his staff and just a few more positions the Colts need to fill on their offensive side of the staff, I thought I would talk about now the Colts have the head coach in place. thought I would talk about some strengths and some weaknesses pre-free agency, pre-anything else. I'm also going to probably have another video after free agency is pretty much done, before the draft, kind of talking about some of the same things. Now, obviously, I feel like the Colts will hopefully address a few of these weaknesses in free agency, and so we'll have some other things to talk about, uh, you know, post-free agency, if you will, in between kind of that time between then and the 2023 NFL draft. And so you're going to notice, guys, with a couple of these, not with all of these points, but with some of these, it can be viewed as a little bit of a both, right? It can be viewed as a strength, depending how you want to spin it, or it can also be viewed as a potential concern or weakness, if you will. And so I kind of wanted to touch on just that and kind of set that prerequisite before we get into this. If you're like, Cody, why do you have them as both a strength and a weakness? Because it kind of really depends how you view it. And so I wanted to kind of get both sides of the coin here when it came to strengths and weaknesses. Now, some are definitely just strengths. Some of them are definitely just weaknesses. So uh, with that being said, let's get into it and let's start with the strengths, okay? I think the first one you got to talk about is the one I just mentioned. You retain the defensive staff from last year. I think that was huge for Shane Steichen to bring back Gus Bradley, bring back his entire staff last year, which the team wasn't perfect defensively, not at all, but certainly was far down on the list of issues you had last year for being 4-12-1 and and last year, right? So uh, I definitely think it was a win to bring back Gus Bradley. He definitely seemed like he wanted to be here in Indianapolis. It's great to see Shane Steichen. You know, he had some familiarity with Gus Bradley from the Charger days years ago. Great to see him being brought back. And that's just one less thing that Shane Steichen has to worry about, right? And you do wonder, does that help influence some guys coming back like Yannick Ngakwe, like Bobby Okereke, you know, to name a few. Those are kind of, I think, the two big names that I think a lot of fans would be open to returning, but for different reasons, they might not return. So uh, we'll see on that. But I think it's certainly a win because this defense, 
I thought it played really well. Uh, definitely had some issues like I talked about, but I felt like in the positions your offense put you in at certain points, the defense certainly uh, was not the core issue here. Now, they definitely do have issues. They definitely do have things they need to, to work on or tweak or add to or maybe subtract a little bit, but Overall, I do feel like this defense and this defensive staff, they did their job for the most part last year, and I thought this defense, for a good chunk of the season, played like a playoff defense. So with that being said, that's kind of the first strength there, just having this this familiarity with this uh, staff and with this, you know, just overall with the Colts. And it also helps now that the Combine's coming up, the Colts are going to kind of look and know what to look for and what Gus Bradley and this, you know, his staff are wanting in defensive players. So uh, that's the first one I have. Also, flipping it over uh, to the other side, um, even though the Colts offense was really bad last year, I mean, one of the worst, if not the worst in the NFL, I do feel like we were able to see, you know, it was only glimpses because you can only do so much with the lack of real, you know, good play the Colts had at quarterback last year, but you did see glimpses of talent on this offense and a lot of young talent that the Colts do have. You know, you got to start with Jonathan Taylor, what he was able to do, didn't have a great season. He was injured. He had some fumbling issues, but all in all, Jonathan Taylor, let's be honest, guys, when he's healthy and he's ready to go, he's one of the best young backs in football. The Colts have him back, hopefully fully healthy. You know, a couple weeks ago, about a month ago or so, he did have that ankle surgery, kind of a minor procedure to help clean up some things. So hopefully he is ready to go 100% for the 2023 season. He also has a nice, uh, I think a nice guy that played down the stretch in his absence. And I guess two guys, really. Uh, you know, you talk about Zach Moss and what he was able to do. I know the Colts did, didn't really play the best run defenses, but I thought Zach Moss, he played well enough, in my opinion, to be considered RB2 moving forward. And then Deion Jackson looks good in terms of catching the football. So the Colts have a nice young stable of running backs here. All these guys are, you know, mid-20s or younger. So I really like that. And then you got to talk about wide receiver. You know, Michael Pittman didn't have a great year, but he still was the Colts' leading receiver and was, I believe, you know, less than 100 yards away from his second straight 1,000-yard season. So I think he's going to have a bounce-back year this year. Alec Pierce as well. Uh, I thought he had an up-and-down rookie season. He had moments where he looked really, really fantastic. He had moments where he struggled. And so I think just having another year under his belt, um, to kind of knowing some of the things that he's going to need to, you know, fix. And, you know, if Reggie Wayne does return as a wide receivers coach, he's going to know how to coach him up to the best of his ability. And then Paris Campbell as well. Um, who is an impending free agent. Hopefully the Colts bring him back. Uh, you know, it seems like he he could come back for a reasonable deal and it would work out. But all this to say, the Colts do have some talent at this wide receiver position. Uh, I think maybe they do need to add to it a little bit, even if they do bring back Paris. But I would say that the Colts do have a lot of talent at wide receiver. It's a lot of young talent, but they do have talent nonetheless. And also at tight end, the Colts have talent. Obviously, you got to start with Jelani Woods, what he was able to do last year and just was underutilized. But when he got opportunities, Jelani Woods made plays, right? So him and Kylan Granson, who I thought, you know, he never he didn't really have like a splash play, if you will. Like the, he doesn't have the Jelani Woods like impact play kind of factor, right? Where it's just like, oh my gosh, whenever he makes a play. But he was consistent. I thought he was a nice kind of compliment to Jelani Woods when he got targeted. So Really like this duo, young tight ends. And then you have the Andrew Ogletree, you know, conundrum, a guy who played really well uh, in training camp and then unfortunately suffered that major injury and missed the entire 2022 season. So 
With that being said, d- does that mean that he could potentially be in the fold for maybe tight end three or maybe even better? He was looking really good down the stretch. Uh, so really intrigued with that. But the Colts do have some nice young pieces here. I would like to see them maybe add a couple more to this. But overall, I do think there's something to build on here. The cupboard's not completely bare when it comes to the skilled positions for the Colts. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that kind of works out You know, with a presumed rookie quarterback, which leads me to my next one. I mean... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Guys, you have, you're have in a position now where it's not like you finish 7 and 10 and you're sitting there at pick, what, 15 or 15 to 20 or something like that. No, the Colts have a great opportunity here uh, with the number fourth overall pick currently to either number one, trade up uh, to the number one pick. Uh, or, you know, if they trade with Houston, trade in the number two pick, get their pick a quarterback. They can do that if they really want to. But even if they don't, they're still going to probably get, odds are they're going to get one of the top three quarterbacks. So the Colts have an opportunity to do that as opposed to if they, you know, kind of had a eh, season, they wouldn't have a, as great of an opportunity or it certainly would cost more to move up. The Colts are in a really good position, I think, to get their guy long term. Now, obviously, nobody's a sure thing, but. Colts have an opportunity to get one of the most talented quarterbacks in this draft class. So that is definitely one. And then you also pair him along with a young, bright offensive mind and Shane Steichen, who has gotten the most out of the last two young quarterbacks he's worked with, with Justin Herbert, his rookie year, and then Jalen Hurts the last couple of years. So I really think that's a good combination. You bring a rookie, you know, offensive minded coach and you pair him with a rookie quarterback. I think that could potentially get fans excited and that could be considered a pro and a strength. Uh, that you have that option here. So uh, the last one I kind of want to talk about here for the the strengths or the pros, if you will, uh, of the Colts here is I do feel like they still do have a solid roster. Now, it's certainly flawed in some areas, but guys, I mean, we, we forget that in 2021 before you know, the collapse at the end of the year, I mean, the Colts were you know, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. They really were. And they really did it without a passing game for a good chunk of that stretch. And so I kind of look at like, man, the Colts were, you know, pretty much a playoff lock until they collapsed down the stretch. And then, you know, they were a season before that where they made the playoffs and they almost upset the Buffalo Bills in the wild card round. So I'm not saying the Colts have one of the, you know, the best roster in the NFL or anything, but I am saying this roster still is solid, right? They still have a solid defense. They have some young playmakers. And, you know, they still have talent that needs to be, you know, added to this roster. 
but it's not like this is the the 2017 going into 2018 Colts, right? Where they basically needed to start from scratch and cut everybody and kind of rebuild everything, right? That's that's not what it's like here. That's not this scenario, I think, with the Colts. And I don't think the Colts are, you know, Super Bowl contenders by any stretch, but I do think, you know, if, if you get the right situation with the right rookie quarterback and you get, you know, some passing, a competent passing game even in the first year, I think the Colts could be fortin with a wild card spot. I really think this this roster is talented enough to do that. Um, so I think those are some of the strengths of this team. Now I want to move on to some of the weaknesses. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, and like I said, there's going to be a couple that I mentioned as strengths, but you could also potentially view them as weaknesses as well. Uh, the first one is the bigger contracts that you have. And there are some guys that were definitely underperforming for what they were being paid last year. A couple guys come to mind, Ryan Kelly, um, you know, Kenny Moore are just a couple names that you could kind of throw in there. You know, Mo Ali Cox is another name that could potentially be cut or traded uh, here very soon. Matt Ryan, obviously, is another one as well. So the Colts are going to have to make a decision on some guys. They're probably going to have to eat some dead cap in this situation. But uh, there's some big contracts here the Colts are going to have to decide, you know, which guys do we try to restructure, which guys do we outright cut, and which guys do we think we can maybe get something back in return in a trade. So that's definitely one of the weaknesses that the Colts are just going to have to decide and those are never fun to try to figure those out um but hopefully the Colts can get some of those guys off their books and and can look better you know moving forward in the cap situation um you know it'd obviously be huge with the Matt Ryan you know getting him off the contract and you know saving you at the least 17 million but I think it gets even more if he does decide to hang it up and retire so kind of hoping that he does that just for the Colts cap situation. Um, and I think that's, that's just something the Colts have to consider. And, you know, how much does that hamstring you and potentially trying to get some more free agents? I do think you'll have a lot more, but, you know, do you have to be a little bit more wise with your money? If Ballard wasn't already frugal, does he even be more frugal this offseason? And that, that does lead me to another one, like, you know, is Chris Ballard kind of sit on his hands again? I don't think he's in a position at all where he can do that. I really think he's going to be a little bit more aggressive just because of what's on the line here. But does he decide like, you know, no, we're going to just do the same process, you know, and that process has led to the Colts missing out on some good players or not retaining some good players that they probably should have retained, right? We saw it last year with the guards. The Colts didn't bring back either Chris Reed or Mark Glowinski, who were both really good guards for the Colts in 2021. And it was really puzzling why they decided not to do that. And they had a situation where the guy that the, they had projected and penciled in as their starter 
barely lasted a couple games before he got benched. So, you know, you talk about Denny Gowatry as well, you know, what he's been able to do with Tennessee and the Colts definitely messed up in a big way when they didn't bring him back. And then there's some other guys that you look, if you look back in free agency, I know the big guy that Derek and I are just frustrated the Colts weren't in on more was Hassan Reddick. Uh, I wish the Colts would have done more there in that department, but they've had opportunities to improve some positions that they've really struggled in in the last couple of years, and they just haven't done that, right? And I think Ballard has been too frugal in certain situations. And then I do just wonder, I know Ballard said he's willing to move heaven and earth, but talk is cheap. Is he actually willing to do that? If they fall in love with Bryce Young, if they fall in love with C.J. Stroud, are the Colts willing to do whatever it takes to move up to one and get their guy? I don't know. I just don't know when it comes to that. And so that could be considered a weakness. Is, is Ballard a little bit too scared sometimes to make some of these bold moves? Hopefully not. Um, I guess we'll find out what that looks like. And maybe the Colts decide, yeah, you know, th- none of these quarterbacks really separate themselves from anybody else. And they're perfectly content at number four, picking whoever kind of falls to them there. I don't think you can do that. I think it's kind of silly to do that, especially because hopefully you'll never be in this position again. You want to get the best prospect you can, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see on that. Um, I do think just there's always that concern in the back of people's minds about Jim Mersey. You know, is he going to step in again? Is he going to make a rash decision? Or is he going to force the Colts to do something that Chris Ballard and company aren't comfortable doing? You got to throw that one in there with how, you know, the, the 2022 season kind of collapsed in on itself for the Colts with Jim Mersey stepping in, the whole Jeff Saturday thing, you know, rallying up the fan base, all that stuff. You just got to always throw that in there as a potential weakness of like the unpredictability of an owner. Now, I will say with the hiring of Shane Steichen, some of that talks kind of cooled amongst Colts Nation, which is good. Uh, hopefully Jim Mersey kind of continues to just let Ballard do his job moving forward. So that's just always a concern as well. Always a potential weakness. Um, I, I got to talk about some of those ones. I talked about, you know, the pairing of the, the rookie head coach with the rookie quarterback, but there is some, un- obviously some unprovenness there that you do worry about, right? Is like, okay, Steichen's been a great play caller for Philly. He's never been a head coach, right? So how does that work, right? Does, you know, does he find out he's in over his head, you know, or does this rookie quarterback? It is a crapshoot with a rookie quarterback, no matter who you get. Um, unless there's like an Andrew Luck generational type player, typically it's kind of a crapshoot. Sometimes these guys turn out, sometimes they don't. So, you know, there's always that concern of like, you know, you're investing this much for this guy that's unproven and for this rookie coach that's unproven. That could be viewed as a potential weakness, and I could see how people could do that. But I will say it definitely gives the Colts more time and more grace to figure it out here and build around that rookie quarterback in terms of his first couple of years in the league. And if he turns out to be great, awesome. Um, if not, I guess there's always good prospects that are coming up. So, But that could be viewed, and I see how people could view that as a potential weakness as well. Um, moving over to the defense. I said the defense was was pretty good last year for the Colts, but one thing that has continued to elude them every single year has been a consistent pressure from the edge position. Right, The Colts have DeForest Buckner, obviously a great player. He's been a great player since the Colts traded for him in 2020. They have uh, Grover Stewart, who's a really good one-tech, but and they have Quiddy Pay and Dio, but nobody has become that you know, elite pass rusher for the Colts. They haven't had an elite pass rusher. Guys, Robert Mathis was the last elite pass rusher the Colts have had. So they still have struggled ever since Ballard has taken over to find that guy who can be that alpha. And, uh, you know, the Colts are still holding off their breath that one of these two young defensive linemen can do it. But, you know, through two years, there's been some flashes, but there hasn't been the boom. Okay, this guy is clear cut the number one 
pass rusher for the Colts, and he's their franchise guy on the edge. So they got to figure that out, whether that's you know, some more faith in these guys and they think year three is the year they just take off. Or if they feel like they need to maybe go make some, you know, maybe maybe make a splash move or maybe try to draft a guy. I don't know. But the Colts got to figure that out. That's still a weakness on this team. It will continue to haunt them until they do figure it out. And then, yeah, I think that that's really it. I mean, I do have some concerns, potential weaknesses about the corner position as well because you're probably not bringing back Brandon Face on. Kenny Moore might be on the move. Uh, Stephon Gilmore has one more year left on his deal. What do you do there at corner? Right. The good news is, I guess, for the Colts is that Chris Ballard has had a pretty good history of finding some nice secondary players, you know, in the mid to late rounds of the draft. Right. So you think, you know, you get him a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick, something like that. He could maybe find a diamond in the rough or two uh, in terms of the DBs. But uh, I'm very interested to see how that kind of plays out there for Indianapolis. But guys, that does it for my list for some strengths and weaknesses, depending how you look at it, for the Indianapolis Colts going into 2023. Again, this is pre-free agency, pre-draft, pre-really anything that's happened right now. I mean, the only thing that's really happened is the coaching staff getting kind of figured out here. But uh, yeah, the Combine's coming up, guys. So free agency is only a couple weeks away, and we'll obviously know a lot more when that does happen. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all the support. You guys are awesome. And as always, guys, go Colts. Yeah.